Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, welcome to the First Baptist Church in Coleraine, Massachusetts. Uh, we're going to be studying and finishing, starting and finishing today, the book of Philemon, written by the Apostle Paul. And I'd just like to start before Joe reads the scriptures. Uh, how would you feel if someone who worked for you, doing a specific job in your house, and then they stole something and you never saw them again? How would you feel about that person? How what would your attitude be? Somebody went like this. Okay. Well, that's what happened to Philemon. He had somebody that was working for him. And we're going to find out what happened. Joe? Good morning. Good morning. We're going to be on page 1860. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother. To Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker. To Apia, our sister, and Archicopus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets you in your home. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of the saints. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing that we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Therefore, although in Christ I could, be, I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I appeal to you on the basis of love. I then, as Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my son Omnius, and who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now he has become useful to both you and me. I am sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me, so that he could make your place in helping me a while. I am in chains for the gospel. But I did not know to... I did not want to do anything without your consent, so that any favor you do will be spontaneous and not forced. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back for good, no longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. 
If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ, confident of your obedience. I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And one thing more, prepare a guest room for me, because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Ephesus, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings. And do and so do Mark, Archdeus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Praise God for his word. Thank you, Joe. So a word of prayer. We'll stop. It's a good place to stop. Heavenly Father, again, we're so thankful to be here. Thank you for those that are listening or watching, wherever you may be. We do appreciate that very much and listening. And we just pray this, this message will be an encouragement to you. May our ears be open, may we concentrate and not be distracted. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, title of this message is Set Free to Serve. Set Free to Serve. That's what we've been done. If we're Christians, we've been born again. And I hope that you have. We, are, we have been set free to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. This letter from the Apostle Paul is the shortest letter he wrote. He was under house arrest in Rome, first time, and it's a letter that he writes to his friend Philemon. He was a leader in the church, he was also very rich, he was a rich Christian, and he was also a pastor. And they met at his house in a place called Colossae, which is in Turkey. Paul, remember, was in Rome when he wrote this letter. Now, this is not typical of the letters that people wrote at that time. Because it's a personal letter appealing on behalf of another friend of Paul's named Onesimus. Paul asked Philemon to do something different from what people in that culture normally would do or expected to do concerning Onesimus. Onesimus was a runaway slave from the household of Philemon. Somehow he was in Turkey and he ended up in Rome then he came into contact with the Apostle Paul, heard the Gospel, and became a Christian. He got saved. And then he became useful to Paul. Paul was training him for the ministry. Because God can use anybody, amen? amen. If he used a donkey in the Old Testament, he could use us, right? There's evidence that Onesimus 
actually became a church leader much later on and became one of the main church leaders in the church of Ephesus in Greece. So that guy really got around. He liked to travel. Verse 1, and I'm not in any hurry today, so keep your uh, wide awake pills handy. Paul starts by greeting Philemon in a friendly way. Why? Because he was his friend. He calls him a fellow soldier, fellow worker, because he was doing the same sort of work that Paul was, and Timothy were doing, and Luke and Mark, evangelizing, preaching the gospel. That's what I'm doing now. I'm an evangelist. That means good news. Amen. There's a lot of bad news in this world, but there's still the good news. As long as I've got breath, by the grace of God, I'll keep preaching the good news. Amen. Verse 2. Paul mentions some of the other leaders uh, there in Turkey, where Philemon lived. Sends his usual greetings, emphasizing God's grace and God's peace. The letter to Philemon is similar to Paul's letter to Timothy, where he refers to both of them as his sons, not by birth, but by spiritual birth. It was through Paul's ministry that they became believers in Christ. Paul also calls Philemon his brother, which was not only common in those days, it's common today. You know, if you become a Christian, you are become part of the family of God. So you've got brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? When we become part of the family of God. We are family. Because <laughs> we've been adopted. Updates you. By our Heavenly Father and received His Son, Jesus Christ. All right. Verse 3, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only way you can get peace and grace is by receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Saviour. This letter, you know, it gives some insight in what kind of person Philemon was. According to Paul, and he knew him well, Philemon was... Loving, holy, and faithful. That's a good testimony, isn't it? Which people could say that about us, amen? That we are loving, holy, and faithful. And I know you're faithful, but otherwise you wouldn't be here this morning. And because you love God, you are declared holy by God. Having received Jesus, holiness is righteousness. Paul thanks God for Philemon, not only because he was a good man, but because, he says in verse 7, your love has given me great joy and encouragement. That's the kind of people we want to hang around with, isn't it? That gives us great joy and encouragement. Because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. I hope your heart is being refreshed this morning. Amen. Amen. We can come here, it's like a haven. We can find peace and rest for our souls. Just for one hour each week on the Lord's Day. 
when the rest of the world is going crazy. Knowing Philemon well, Paul hopes he will do the right thing. What would that be? To forgive his former slave who had done him wrong. Listen to this. Unforgiveness is a poison you prepare for your enemies, but that you end up drinking yourself. Did you get that? Unforgiveness is a poison you prepare for your enemies that you end up drinking yourself. Also want to read this. There's plenty of good reasons then to be a forgiving person. To forgive is to turn the key, open the cell door, and let the prisoner out. To forgive is to write in large letters across a debt, nothing owed. To forgive is to pound the gavel in a courtroom and say, not guilty. To forgive is to bundle up all the garbage and dispose of it, leaving the house clean and fresh. To forgive is to relax a stronghold on a wrestling opponent and give him his life. To forgive is to sandblast a wall of graffiti leaving it looking like new. So the matter of forgiveness is vitally important and it's right at the crux of our spiritual health. Amen? But it's entirely important that we are able and can and do forgive others. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what Philemon was supposed to do. The question is, would he? Did he? You know, Paul, he was one of the main leaders in the early church, and he didn't want to order Philemon to, to do it, to release Onesimus as a slave. But he did want to change Philemon's mind. He tries to appeal to his good nature which apparently he had because he was loving, holy, and faithful. Amen? We've learned that already. He wanted to appeal to his good nature as a fellow believer. You know, we have two natures. We have the old sinful nature, and we've got the new nature in Christ. Some people may have three natures occasionally. The good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> Thank you, Clint. <laughs> All right, let's move on. So, by running away from his master, Onesimus had done a bad thing. He'd done Philemon wrong. What he did was wrong. But now, having become a Christian, he was a changed man. You know, and if you're not a changed person, then was there any conversion experience in the first place, there has to be a change. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 
Yes, he'd done him wrong, but now he was a changed person. He was no longer a thief, like he was before. But now he's a brother in Christ. And Paul didn't want to order Philemon to do the right thing. He knew that he, he would. So what he wants to do is send Onesimus back to Philemon, back to Turkey, from whence he came, from where he ran away from, from the house of Philemon. He wants to get him to ask Philemon's forgiveness, because when we hurt somebody's feelings or we offend them, we need to ask forgiveness, amen? Say sorry. If they're not, they're not willing to accept it, that's their problem. We've done the right thing, right? It's on them then. Amen? Amen? It's on them. So he wants to ask him to forgiveness, for his forgiveness. He wants to throw himself on his mercy, pay his dues, and then Paul wants him to come back to him in Rome because he was so useful to him. Paul was incarcerated, whereas Onesimus, he could come and go as he pleased. He wasn't incarcerated like Paul was. So he asks, he appeals to Philemon to set Onesimus free and accept him like a brother, which he was, rather than a thieving, runaway slave. Now that's a lot to ask of anyone. But Paul knew what Philemon was like. He knew his character. And then he tries to convince him to make the right decision. You know, the cultural mindset of the people in that day, in the then known Roman world, concerning runaway slaves, was to have them punished to have them executed rather than set them free. This is totally abnormal in that cultural mindset of the day. But Paul wants Philemon to do the right thing. He wants him to do what he knows he should do in the eyes of the Lord. You know, we know what we should do in the eyes of the Lord, but we don't always do it, do we? <laughs> But there's still time <laughs> to make the right decisions. Oh, by the way, Onesimus means useful. That's what his name means. It means useful. And he became, when he became a Christian, he became useful in the Lord's service. You know, only God can change sinners into saints. Amen? Amen? And he did. He was a changed man. He wasn't the same as he was before. And Paul wants Onesimus to continue to be useful to him. He was useless before, but now he's, use, he's useful to God and his servant Paul and the church in general. Problem was, Philemon owned Onesimus. He owned him. He was his property. 
He could have him arrested, sentenced, and then crucified as a thief, as a criminal. Like on the cross, you've got Jesus on either side. There were two criminals, two thieves. It was a death sentence. So he had that hanging over him. Onesimus had that hanging over him. The threat of being crucified on the cross. So it wasn't Paul's call for him to stay in Rome. He had a choice to go back to Philemon. No one was forcing him. But he knew he had to do the right thing. He had to go back to Philemon and ask for his forgiveness and put things right. He'd repented. He'd become a Christian. He wasn't the same. And Paul promised Philemon that if Onesimus had stolen anything, which he probably did, that he would pay it all back. He would pay Onesimus says debt alright pull out a few shekels and bless him Paul had to remind Philemon that you know before becoming a Christian that he was also a condemned sinner as well we were condemned sinners but we're no longer condemned if you're a Christian amen he was, like Philemon, before he was a Christian, he was a condemned sinner. Like the rest of us, we deserve to be punished for our sins, the things that we've done wrong. But God in his mercy forgave us. We're forgiven. We're forgiven because of God's mercy. Paul has forgiven him. And he felt confident that Philemon would do the same. In verse 22, it says that Paul's final request, it does show that he was an optimist, that he was optimistic of being released from house arrest. And hopefully travel to Turkey himself one of these days and see his friend Philemon. In fact, he wanted to stay at his house. And it appears to be kind of cheeky, you know. <laughs> and even that, he says, get a room ready for me. How about that? Someone just calls you up one day or sends you a letter and say, hey, Spike, get that room, that spare room ready for me. I'm coming. He doesn't even ask permission. He's coming. But we know Philemon had a big house. He was a rich guy. They were very attractive. Plenty of rooms. And the poor said, he invites himself. I'm coming, get a room ready. And then before finishing the letter, he sends his greetings to other fellow Christians in Rome at the time that were there. Some incarcerated, some not. Some free to come and go. Some in chains. Some under house arrest, like Paul. And then he finishes his letter. He blesses Philemon and he said, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. God's grace, an undeserved, unmerited gift from God, 
that he freely gives to us regardless of what we have done or what we are like. It's unconditional. Paul reminds, and I'm almost finished, he reminds Philemon that God loves him freely and it's only right that he should love Onesimus in the same way that God loves and accepts him. Should we have the same attitude as Paul? Shouldn't we forgive others? Shouldn't we forgive others when they repent and encourage them to serve the Lord for the rest of their lives like Onesimus did and become useful? You know, this may not be an easy thing to do and it may cost us something. Paul was sticking his neck out. He's going to write that letter, but would Onesimus follow through? Would he go back or would he just take off? For Paul would have invested money for him to take to Philemon. Would he take the money and run off? Like the runaway thieving slave that he was before. Paul was sticking his neck out. It's not easy. Sometimes it will cost us something. But we need to remember, not that you need reminded, I hope, that it cost Jesus a high price to set us free from slavery, to break the chains of the devil who once controlled us. It cost him a high price, and he was prepared to pay that price, and he did. Thank God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, that you paid the price, that we don't have to pay that price anymore. We are free. We're no longer slaves, but we're children of God. Not that we deserved it, but because he loved us. Amen. We were slaves to sin. We were controlled. Our minds, we were controlled by the God of this world, who blinded our minds, who deceived us. But now we've been set free. We're no longer blinded. I saw the light. I saw the light. Praise God Almighty. I saw the light. We're free. This is what Jesus said. John 8, 34. Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, or surely, truly, truly, and he always told the truth, I say to you, <clears throat> whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. Whoa. Hey, that should keep us honest. When we commit sin, we put ourselves in bondage to it. And me, alright? And a slave does not abide in the house forever. But a son abides forever. See, we're no longer slaves, but we're sons and daughters of God. We're going to live forever and ever and ever. In heaven. You're no longer condemned. Therefore, this is a wonderful verse that you've heard many times, I assume. Therefore, if the Son 
makes you free, you shall be free indeed. S-O-N, capital S, he's made us free. We're no longer slaves. Thank God. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Jesus didn't pay the price for our freedom in money. He paid our sin debt that we owed with his own precious blood that he shed on Calvary's cross. And now, having received him, like Philemon and Onesimus, God loves us unconditionally. We're free to live for him. We've become useful to the church and in the Lord's service. You know, when you just put that money in the offering plate, it's an act of worship. You're serving the Lord as you do that. Serve it. Be useful instead of serving ourselves, which is perfectly natural thing to do. So by His grace, He revealed Himself to us, He saved us, and forgiven us. Forgiven. We are forgiven. So because of this, we should forgive others also. I know how difficult that is to do. We've all been offended. We've all been hurt. Some have been abused in various ways and forms. But we need to forgive those that have offended us, whether they are alive or dead. So you can be free. Give others, like Philemon was supposed to, and hopefully did, forgive Onesimus. And that's what we're supposed to do as well. Amen? Amen. So I'll close by quoting this verse in Ephesians. Well, let's read three of them. Chapter 4, verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And this is the key verse. 32. And be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. That's why we should forgive others. Amen? Amen. Because God has forgiven us when we didn't deserve it. Amen? Amen. Let's close. Again, Heavenly Father, we're so thankful 
for your sacrifice, sending your Son, your only begotten Son, into this sin-sick world to pay the penalty for our sins, the sin debt that we owe, all the sins that we have committed, do commit, will commit, so that we can be forgiven. Our sins were laid on him, and he took the fall for us. He took our punishment, the innocent one, who committed no sin. And on that cross, in excruciating pain, he became sin, and you're of pure eyes, and to look upon sin. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Even the ones that crucified him, he prayed for. And he was thinking of us when he was nailed. And looking to the day when we would come to know him and become part of his family and have peace on earth and a home in heaven and be forgiven and not condemned to eternal hell and judgment that we deserved. I really want to encourage you that have heard this message. The Bible is clear. You are condemned. You are a condemned sinner, destined for a lost eternity in hell, where you will burn there forever and ever for all eternity. But Jesus came to rescue you from that fate. And you've already heard the good news. And all you have to do is believe by faith what Jesus did for you on that cross and call upon him to save you. Believe in your heart that he is Lord, that he suffered and died, shed his blood to wash away your sins, that he was buried in a tomb, but then he rose again from the dead and is alive and he, 40 days later, he ascended into heaven. Believe there's only one sin that God cannot forgive. And that is unbelief. So make the right choice for your own soul's sake. And if you receive, and I hope that you do, that's the best choice you'll ever make in your entire life because it will de determine where you spend eternity. And when you become a Christian, which I hope you will, get into a church where they believe the Bible, they teach the Bible, and they live the Bible, and tell other people what Jesus has done for you. Amen? Amen. 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 God bless you all. <coughs> Hope to see you soon. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m., we are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.